Welcome, Summer 16 friends, to the inaugural. I'm going to start over. Okay, start it over. Hold on. Oh, man. I should have kept that. We should have just. Whatever. Go ahead. Welcome, Summer 16 friends, to the inaugural episode of the Summer 16 Book Club. We're here today starting the conversation on the science fiction novel Parable of the Sower by Octavia E. Butler. Over the past few weeks, we have read the first seven chapters and before we get into the conversation, we want to make sure you guys know how to stay engaged with us. Uh, for starters, we have our email, summer16podcast, summer16podcast at gmail.com. We have our Instagram, summer16pod, as well as our Goodreads group. And you can find us there by searching Summer 16 Book Club. We have a series of questions that we're going to go over today, uh, inspired by an Afrofuturistic, an Afrofuturism course at Gettysburg College uh, that kind of is broken up into several different sections with different questions. And we will make sure that we include those in a discussion post on our Goodreads, as well as on our social medias. So uh, you ready to rock, dog? How do you, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm ready. Ready. Excited to talk about this book. For sure. For sure. So we gave a brief introduction to the novel uh, on our trailer and things like that. So we're really just going to jump right in to uh, the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. At this point of the story, uh, our protagonist has, you know, really started to take some time to see the world around her, recognize all the necessary threats, right? But mm -hmm. it's not just the other people or the people in the surrounding communities, right? One of the large focuses of this novel is climate change, right? And so the question is, is how does Butler render environmental crisis? What are the larger social effects in the novel of environmental crisis? And in what ways does this novel forecast current conversations around climate change and human agency during global warming? Oh, man. That was That's a lot not, of questions. That was a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one, let's say, let's like kind of set the stage. Sure. Um, the Parable of Sower is supposed to take place in the early... Before the start, the book was written in 1993, right? Right. So it's supposed to be take place in the future, which is the early 2020s, which we are in now. Yeah, so 2024 kind of, to be specific. 2024, yeah, yeah. 2025. Yep. Yeah. So like, well, not too distant from now, right? So this question is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of troubling, I would say, okay. just because I think about the climate change a lot. Mm -hmm. Um like, I think about how whenever I live in Seattle, right? I think about, oh, like last like last fall, like why is it so hot in like October or November? It's not supposed to be this hot right now. Right, or, right, right. or when we have wildfires, like I think last summer we talked about how the entire West Coast was on fire. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like that polar ice caps melting. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that 
if the book is set in 2024, 20, 25, it's not out the realm of possibility that like this could be like like a, a fortune telling or you, sure. like she's seeing the future. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, she so she talks about um, climate change and then kind of in response to climate change, she kind of talks about how uh, the like this the settlement or the the neighborhood that um, Lauren lives in with her family and her neighbors, how they react to each other, how everyone else, you know, kind of reacts to one another, like larger society, sure. and that is all a response to climate change. So climate change brings, let's say, if it's a drought, then there's not enough water for people, and then people people are starving, so they're gonna go rob people, or there's not enough crops. And then so now disease is rampant too. Yeah. So they talk yeah. about how how measles and mumps, even though there's a conversation she had with her best friend, and she talks about how measles and mumps aren't supposed to be diseases that are fatal, yeah. but because of other underlying conditions like starvation and, and dehydration, these these are diseases that are that are killing people now. So that's interesting, right? Because you you've looked at it from the you know a few levels away from the actual issue of what's happening with the climate right mm-hmm. i looked at it even like a little closer to the source right i mean kind of like you alluded to naturally the the droughts and everything that are going on just kind of leave places barren so much so that you know there was the the portion that it was raining right for like a couple of days at a time and they were saying that it hadn't rained for years at this point right i couldn't imagine especially living in seattle right and and mind you this it was, it was like really hit close to home because the story is set in california not too far from where i'm at right maybe an hour plane ride um, but so so you have the droughts, right? And how water is such a precious commodity that you know people are you know actively searching for places and you know trying to steal it from you, and you could die over water, right? Yeah. And like then if even, your house is on fire, people are like, uh, do we let it burn? Not, or man, we not wasting no water on this bur- uh, this burning house? Like we're not doing yeah. that, right? But it was it was funny that even how culture sort of changed around that, how they were saying it was culturally acceptable to go around dressing dirty. Like that was the way that you presented yourself to protect yourself. Like if you were walking mm-hmm. around looking clean, then that's like, ooh, that's way too much privilege, man. Like, you it, know. They got something we want. Yeah, yeah. Like even you wouldn't go to, like, uh, I remember, she. I think she was talking, uh, Lauren was talking about her brothers and they were saying that, you know, their dad, the preacher made sure that they had like nice clothes and what have you at home but even when they would like, go to school they would just make sure to throw a little dirt on their clothes just so kids didn't make fun of them at school and everything like that uh and, and it, it it made me laugh you know because you think about like how fashion and how everybody was like going in on kanye and all that other stuff for like the raggedy clothes and the holes in your clothes and all that other stuff yeah like i could see that being like the kind of same wardrobe that they would be wearing like you wanted to look a little ratty you don't want to look too crisp and pristine because socially that was almost unacceptable because it showed such an abundance and such a level of privilege that you are now a threat right god forbid you actually left the the the, the settlement the neighborhood yeah. right then you were really ready to yeah. catch that smoke so so if you read this you know that the neighborhood is like a walled off neighborhood that that has like barbed barb wire and glass sitting on top of the wall so people can't come in and like steal steal people's stuff and or kill or whatever, but you saying that kind of reminds me of like society in general, right? How like some things are are 
are sought after in certain societies while yeah. while it may be frowned upon in others. Like there's certain like tribes in different countries around Africa where like it's it's very attractive for men to have really, really big bellies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's because like it shows that oh he has he's so much money good. that he's, yeah. he's eating good. So that's what's he's not attractive. missing no meals over like, there, right? Yeah, right, I'm, right, I'm right, not talking right. about like you're you're overweight, but like like your extremities are overweight, but I'm talking about just your belly. Like you can yeah. be really skinny, but you have to have a really, really big belly. <laughs> and, and that's attractive. And I'm like, oh, that's that's crazy to think about it that way, but it is. Definitely, definitely. Um, and you know, even you when you started, you were talking about how like, obviously the story takes place in 2024. And I don't necessarily think that this is where we'll be in the next three, four years, but you can see, you know, in the not so distant future where I think even now there's the privatization of water and the access of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone talks about all the different statistics of how, you know, most of the planet is made of water, but it's not really drinkable water. So when you have like water that's drinkable and like you're able to have access to that, that is becoming even more valuable today, especially in areas like the ones that we live in, where like, you know, you they were looking at it, like you said earlier, like a waste of water to put out small fires in the house like they were like nah man like this is gonna have to burn g and the whole com- in in the in the cost of paying for water it was really like an analysis where the neighborhood was like ah sorry g like yo your shed's just gonna have to burn today like sorry. you know what that reminds sorry. me of um what? the book of eli oh nice okay we're like the person who controls the water like controls everything yeah honestly i i was thinking more mad max Oh yeah, that too. Yep. Right, because we didn't even have that thing where the guy had like on the rail, and then he like would pull the lever, the water would come out, and people yeah. were like, like just getting it yeah, out. Yeah, Book of Eli had the water thing too. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 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 The guy who wanted to steal the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he found like an underground cavern that had all the water, and yeah, no one knew about it. Yeah. Book of Eli is a really good. Um, I think it's a really good reference, and also probably a a good segue too, right? To to the next segment or yeah. the next sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Such that, you know, the, the question really is kind of centered around the role of religion in this novel, right? And so let's discuss not just religion as Lauren discusses it, you know, the belief in God, her father being a pastor, but also at near the end of these chapters that we were working on so far, this idea of the religion that she's might like that she's kind of discovering or inventing, you know, discussing how you know, God is change and, you know, all these thoughts that she's having are, I don't want to say sacrilegious, but definitely opposed to what the traditional Christian church would talk about, right? Yep. Um, so I think that, especially in that their community, that neighborhood that they live in, with, with Lauren being, Lauren's father um, being, being the pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Olamina, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Reverend, sorry, Reverend Olamina. Yeah. Um, so he's an African-American Baptist minister. Yeah. On top of that, he's like the college professor and the dean. So like, it's funny, like, I'm gonna talk about him for, at first, right? So okay. it's funny looking at him and his, and his viewpoint on, on society. Yeah. Like him being a pastor and being a college professor. Um, in my opinion, I'm not saying this is the rule, but yeah. like the, people who are more highly educated tend to 
lean towards being less religious overall, right? Okay. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of odd to me, not odd, but it's kind of strange to me that that he like leans really heavy into his religion as as a way to kind of coping with uh, the reality, the reality of society, right? But then on the other hand, he like he he's the person who also trains all the other people to use guns and in, in mm-hmm. if need be. Mm-hmm. He had a conversation with his wife. Like, it's my cousin of that fence. Listen, it's them or us. Hey, listen, we we all packing. What's up? Like, yeah. So he like he you turn 15, you're gonna learn how to, you know, hold the blicky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I can see with the times in that book the way they are, um, the whole world in despair, people are dying, um, like massively, the population is shrinking. Uh, you don't know when your time is gonna, is gonna be, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's less certain even than it would be like today. Sure. So I can see why people would like, cling to, to, to religion. So it made me wonder, right? Okay. It made me wonder if everyone, or mostly everyone in that community is, um, is Christian, I wonder if there's like, if there's uh, disagreements or or clashes between the same, people, the same nuances that really like different from, uh, groups. people follow other religions. Like, are do, do, how do how do Muslims fare within this society now? Or because let's be fair, it's separation of church and state, but America is basically based in Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's two different sort of things to think about, right? Because we haven't even broached the topic of how other religions are kind of managed or handled mm-hmm. so far in the book. Um, but I want to go back kind of like to the to the question of, you know, what was the role of religion? And I think you, you had said, you know, or made it started bringing up an interesting point such that, you know, the father's relationship with religion, I think, is very different from his daughters. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because it's because it's easy to say that, you know, oh, he believes God. He believes in the book. He believes in da 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 da. But I think the role in terms of how he is using it and how he kind of shares it with the community is that hope in that hope aspect. Right. And I think that's prevalent, you know, in why he was saying how it was so dangerous that Lauren was telling her best friend about how like, Oh, you know, this isn't going to be like this forever. Like people can come over that wall and we need to protect ourselves and we need to have an exit strategy and all that other stuff. Cause that instills fear, right? Fear is in a direct opposition to hope uh, in, a, in, in the, environment that they're in so like he's using religion as a as a tool so that people don't necessarily fall into the abyss that is the reality that they're yeah, in they're yeah yeah but that being said right when you juxtapose that to um how i think younger people view religion or how especially lauren in itself she's very educated but she's using religion as a way of explaining um the world around her right? There's, there's a lot of questions of what is God, right? Who is God? Where is mm-hmm. God? And so like, it made me, it made me think of, you know, some of the, some of the passages, I'm going to just read a couple here, right? Um, that were, that are very paradoxical in the sense where she's like, why is the universe to shape God? Why is God to shape the universe? All right. So, so that's already like, you know, an interesting thing. But then, you know, as she just continues to describe Earthseed as like this religion or this 
faith-based thing that she's working on Mm -hmm. uh she also writes the verses all that you touch you change all that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change god is change so i'm gonna just let that breathe for a second right because it's it's even something that i kind of like not struggle with but do really think about in my own faith and my own belief right like what is god who is god where is god you know god is in nature god is in us i am a god right like it's it's trying to like make sense of all of that uh but it's not using it as a tool of inspiring hope and you know trying to bring us all to have the same ideals yeah it's right but that's very different from how her father's using it as the head of the pillar of the community right and the crazy thing is Lauren is only 15. Yeah. Like when I was 15, I was, granted Lauren is growing up in a completely different circumstance. For sure. But there were there are other teens in that community that they are not thinking like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Most, I mean, no one else is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, folks are like still just trying to live a regular existence in their community. Yeah, they are. And, and I, to be honest, I can kind of get with her like thoughts on yeah. like what God is like, God has changed. Like, even mm-hmm. as a scientist, like think about what, what changes, yeah. change is just evolution. Like mm-hmm. as, as it's entropy. Yeah. As, as a species humans, like we evolve to be like who we as a species are now is different than who we were as a species a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, who we're, we're going to be different a thousand years from now than we are today. So yeah. That that is that is God working right there, and I I mean even just to add on to that right like God is change but that change is to be more symbiotic with nature right you're right which is what like evolution is right like if you're on land you're gonna start evolving and changing to accommodate the your surrounding environment right mm-hmm. to, to survive yep um, survival and, of the fittest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I think that is, you know, God in us in a sense, right? And even as I use God, I guess, from like the perspective of how Lauren views it or even how I view it versus, you know, how her father is using it as a preacher. Like, I feel like the preacher is like, God is this, you know. Omnipotent being. Omnipotent being. And when he sneezes, thunderbolts come down or whatever, whatever. Um, but, But really from Lauren and even kind of how I see it in a more spiritual sense, it is like, it's something more than that, right? It's not, it's not taking the Bible literally. It's not, it's, it's our relationship with the universe. So it's our relationship with every other living thing. Um, and that's like the God in us, right? I don't know. Yep. Um, and I think that kind of plays into her plan, right? That she's been talking about with her best friend. Like, if God has changed and we survive through change and we are God, then what's the point of being stagnant and then not having an idea about what's going to happen when this all you know, comes crashing down around us? No, that's a that's 100% right. And this is actually another passage that I wanted to bring, right? Because we're talking about change. We're talking about survival and existence. Uh, and so the religion 
our ideal ideology that she's coming up with is called Earthseed. And she was talking about like destiny, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea that the destiny of Earthseed is to take root among the stars, which is, which I think is a fascinating idea because it's recognizing that, you know, from the effects of climate change that we're talking about, how that affects, you know, humans and human agency amongst each other and things like that, um, that this world is no longer for us, right? For us that believe in God as, a, as, as more than just an omnipotent being, our destiny is to leave this place and continue to survive and, and thrive in another world, um, which, which, which starts to have me spiraling onto whole other parts of the, the um, story because I feel like the contrary of that is in in all of the older members of society, whether it be that new president that was elected, their whole goal. Oh, and, started on that. Yeah. I know, that, but, that but, has so many parallels to like I yeah. Trump and Biden and and just yeah. how our government is today, just overall. Yeah, and but but it, but it's so perfect. It's so perfect because their mind is on today, right? It's on mm-hmm. today. So he's like, we're no longer going to fund the space program. If it's going to get any funding, it'll be privatized. It's going to be over there which, you know, now makes you think that it's only for the privileged if it's privatized, right? Yeah. Um, but there, you know, even if you look at America, America is a primarily Christian country in its ideals and the illusion of religion that we like to portray. But it's only for that sense of hope and, and freedom and things like that, but not really in terms of how we interact with, with anything living right it's it's very like in terms of how they treat the planet and how they treat people it's not godlike in my opinion right? oh no it's it's a tool all. it's a tool versus not a belief um and that was a that was a really you know kind of interesting sort of parallel um to that because it's an important one and i'm, I'm really interested in seeing how it um develops because yeah. those are two very opposing views of God. Um, and that's why she's been so hidden about talking about it so far. Yeah, I, I think if I were to choose, if I were to choose where I would, if I was in this story, mm-hmm. which way would I fall? I think I would fall more towards Lauren than I would towards her father. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But also at the same time, you can see why that's dangerous to the to the mass community. Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. But uh, so we made a pact to not read past you know, chapter, chapter seven. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen after this, but I can sure. guess, I can, okay. I can guess that if I, if, if when shit comes crashing down, it's going to be Lauren's religion and her plan based mm-hmm. on her religion is going to have her survive versus, you know, Oh, this has have faith in God and God will just help us out. God helps people who help themselves. So sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's biblical, but uh, okay. We'll, we'll leave the episode with that. We'll leave the episode with what we think is going to come up next. But there's, you know, speaking of, of Lauren, right, and, and the society that she's living in, the things that affect her, right, in, in the story, she suffers from hyper empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that they talk about is just in this current society that they're in, any sort of vulnerability that you have is seen as weakness. Um, so how is her disability her weakness, but how would you also say it's her strength? And can you think of anything that caused it or what the deeper significance of it is in terms of who she is as a character? So 
I think it's her weakness in that they, like how society is, it's gonna come a point that when it comes to either me versus you, uh-huh. who's gonna survive? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't, at this point right now, I don't think she has it in her. Like her father says, oh, it's my cousin's that fence. Oh, grab the strap while you I'm busting. Get the busting. blicky, baby, get the yeah. blicky. Yeah. I don't think that she has that in her. She, I think she would be like, oh, I can't do it. And she'll freeze and, then she, and that, that could cost her her life. So I think yeah. in that case, it's, it's a weakness. Okay, but how um, would you say it's her strength then? So be, being someone who is who who is very empathetic, right? Um, okay, I think that I don't know if you're saying that as a joke, but I do actually believe that no, no. I pers- I do believe that I am like actually an empath. So like I, I like when think, I was not, reading I that, joking. I felt it. Okay, okay, I, I felt that. I felt that though. I felt and that. I think that's why. Also, you know, I I tend to like always want to be like defend the defend, downtrodden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm always for equality, but um, I think it's things, a strength. Okay. You say what? I, said, I think that's two different things, but okay. Uh, Keep we going. Talk about it offline, but anyways, there we can. There we can. Um, I think it's it's a strength in that it, it you can bring people together um, through empathy. You, you can sure. understand. Sure. Uh, you can understand and and be able to um, feel, connect and feel yeah, connect, with yeah. more people. And, th- and that, uh, I think that is a strong quality of a leader. Yeah, for sure. And, and to that exact point, right? Um, I think, you know, if you were to put her at as the leader at the head, right? She mm-hmm. would communicate the things that she's trying to do with that sense of understanding where the other people are. Right. Like she can speak to, you know, the fear because I feel your fear. I can speak to your desire to survive because I now feel your desire to survive. Um, I, I, I agree. And I'm curious what you think on this when it comes to her weakness, right? How her inability to act in certain cases, because how it could make someone else feel. I think that's very real, but, you know, remember from the reading when she, uh, she killed the animal. Yeah. Right. And that was like a, a real like contentious thing because it was an animal. Like, do I feel what the animal feels? Mm-hmm. And like, she was, she was feeling a little woozy when, when it was brought to her attention. I think that that made it more real to her. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't like, she didn't die as a result of killing. Um, that. Yeah. I think that could be foreshadowing. Right. But I was also playing with this idea that, you know, when you're living in such a, 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 a painful society like there was the there was the there's been references to this idea that the people who died are the ones that actually got the better deal so it's almost like you're freeing them you're 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 saving them in the sense i've seen that theme play out like in a lot of shows that i watch like walking dead yeah but i mean but you also see how like i think there were some references to that where you know she she felt bad for these other folks but when they died it was almost like oh it's like the sigh. It was like that sigh of relief. So I'm curious because I think when you hear about killing somebody, you're like, "Oh, that's the worst thing ever. Like it's going to be so paralyzing, crippling, da da da." But when you're so beaten down by life, society, climate change, religion, what have you, her killing somebody is almost an act of grace. It could be, and depending on the situation, right? And so I could see it being a really uh, uh, interesting thing to. To process. All right, so let, let me give you a parallel. 
say say I'm in a zombie apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're, we're both in zombie apocalypse together. Okay. And you get you you've seen The Walking Dead, right? Of course. So I watched like, the first this, six, seven seasons. Like when Herschel, one of the people, he he gets bitten in his leg, right? Ooh, wait, and then so Rick is like, oh shit, you got bitten in your leg. Immediately chop off the leg, and then you can survive because exactly. before it spreads. Exactly. The, the, the virus. Mm-hmm. So let's say you get let's say you get bit in your in your neck, right? Okay. There's no saving you. Yeah. So I think in that case, it'd be, it, it's grace for me to kill you at that point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's one. That, that, that's that's one side. Okay. And the other side is uh, Negan. Yeah. Okay. Negan. Negan. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, if you haven't seen the show, Negan is one of the badasses who like basically has everyone bow down to him, and he and yeah. he kills them. Yes. Or or he kills them. Yeah. So in that case, I say Negan kills you he wants my shoes yeah he wants your shoes and he kills yeah, you yeah 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 do i do i look at you and i say oh yes this society is fucked up and you're no longer here yeah but that's but i don't know i don't know like, like mm-hmm. that's that's that sense of relief is for me not for that person because i don't know what that person feels Thanks. and i don't know what's on the other side of 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 this of this life yeah definitely Definitely. No, I, I think that's a great parallel. I think that's a great parallel. Um, and I think, you know, it kind of even starts to touch on the the last bit of that question is like, what is the significance of this as a character? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, empathy, empathy can be a really powerful thing, but it can also equally be a weakness um, de- depending on how you use it or how it controls you and other things like that, right? Um, and not to not to just always put myself in like the character's shoes, but like I can even attest into my own life. That's what you're supposed but, to do in the book. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. honestly, like when I was reading that, I was like, yo, because I mean, over the past year, I think I have just finally settled into the fact that I have, I think that I have the tendency to be hyper empathetic and I'm working on being sympathetic. I have very little sympathy. I think I have very high empathy, but that's a different conversation. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you having conversations with me, I think you would all the way be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think about how that informs my decisions where it's like, ooh, I know that this is going to hurt that person. And I feel that so strongly that I am now struggling to make the necessary actions. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously the situations I'm dealing with aren't nearly as apocalyptic as what's going on in this story, but you can only, you know, naturally follow up and say yeesh that's going to be a, a tough one right and so yeah um i don't know is there anything else you want to kind of touch on for this one i don't know um no we can just not not this question we kind of talk about where we think the book is going to go real quick yeah so real quick um what are you know just quick 60 seconds what do you think is um, coming up for us um obviously uh lauren being as intelligent and insightful as she is, mm-hmm. she foresees what's going to happen. I think this is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. A gang of marauders is going to come in and basically kill everyone in the in the, in the neighborhood. And sure. she's going to use her leadership to save as many people as possible. And they're mm-hmm. going to try to live outside of the wall. Okay. And okay. So, and I'll say, I agree with that. But I would wonder, I would wonder if depending, like with her level of hyper empathy, let's say that the folks aren't doing what they need to be doing to save themselves, mm-hmm. if that could have an adverse effect 
on Lauren such that she turns more to it selfishly and like it like like it's like there's it's like that hope or the hopelessness or that despair where it's like I've been telling y'all I've been telling y'all and y'all weren't listening and now the only ones left are kind of stuck with a a, a more troubled version of Lauren she's going to have to work through those uh I that heartbreak that heartbreak possible. right I think that that's something that could seriously go in because we we were talking about it a lot from the perspective of she's going to rise up and be a leader and hunky dory da 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 but I think that you could also go on the opposite end of that spectrum and really um, that empathy could also you know break your heart to the point where you don't want to help anymore because it hurts so bad when you fail right yeah I can see that as well yeah so um, I think that's enough for this first episode you want to 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 get us out of here yep yep uh, so. This is our first episode. If you've read along with us or if you're just starting, um, thanks for just listening regardless. And uh, if you have any thoughts on the questions that we've asked or um, are we gonna put all the questions on the Goodreads? Uh, I think we'll do the, the main three we discussed. All right, all right. so yeah. if you have any other thoughts on those questions or just just wanna talk about it, you can email us. It's still the same email as our, you know, um, the ones we've been giving you the whole time, summer 16 <laughs> podcast or summer one six podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see the questions, you can all just add us on our group, uh, Goodreads group, just type in summer one six book, book club. Uh, and we'll put all the links in the description. So on the next episode of our book club discussion, we're going to be covering chapters eight through 13. Um, I know I'm excited. I can bet John's excited to see what's going to happen next in the care of all the sower. For um, sure. So until next time, peace. Peace, y'all.